Hey there, it's Marissa Farrell. Thanks so much for tuning in. For more podcasts and other ministry content from Marissa Farrell Ministries, make sure you hit subscribe today. Hope you enjoy the broadcast. his presence. I was glad when they said unto me, come and let us go into the house of the Lord. Anybody just glad to be in the service of the Lord just one more time? Oh, come on. You can do better than that if you're glad to be here. I come from a little Baptist church. We used to sing a song that said, didn't have to let me live, but I'm so glad he did. And I'm glad to be in the service just one more time. Amen. We thank God for his spirit that is so rich and sweet in this place. And while we thank God for his spirit, we certainly thank God for the shepherds of this house in the persons of Reverend Doctors Floyd and Elaine Flake. Would you clap your hands for our pastors? Amen. Amen. And to once again, this entire row of dynamic guests who are sharing and worship with us this morning, we thank God for each and every one of you. Amen. Amen. It's preaching time, so grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. I'll be beginning at verse 8 and I'll read through verse 10. 2 Kings chapter 4. verse 8 through verse 10. If by chance you didn't bring you a textbook to worship this morning, you can find the scripture located on the screen to my right or my left. 2 Kings chapter 4. If you have it, do me a favor and shout amen. 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 Let us read. It reads on this like in one day Elijah went to Shunem and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. And so whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let us make a small room for him on the rooftop and put in it a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he can stay with us whenever he comes this way. Bow your heads for a word of prayer. Gracious God, our eternal Father, it's once more and again that we, your humble servants, come before your holy and your righteous name. And God, before we ask you for anything, we want to take the moment to thank you for everything. We thank you for being good. We thank you for being kind. And now, God, we thank you for being merciful. Now I pray, oh God, that you would hide me behind the shadows of your cross, that the people may only hear, see, and know you in me. I pray now that you help me preach to the end that sinners are saved, lives are changed, and the body of Christ is edified. And now, God, we pray for two things, a word that is precise and right. In the name of Jesus, let the people of God say amen. 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 
and amen. You may be seated in the presence of our God, for the time has been allotted mine to share. Uh, I'd like to preach from the subject theme, God's sacrifice, God's response to your sacrifice. God's response to your sacrifice. Uh, my brothers and sisters, as we continue on our spiritual journey of growing, being, and becoming more like Christ, I have discovered that many of the issues that we have experienced in life and in the world and even in church have taken place due to a lack of understanding or misjudgment of our character. Now, one thing that I have come to learn in life is that you cannot fake character. A character being the moral and mental qualities distinctive to us as individuals. If character is essential uh, to and denotative of moral and mental position, your character can be best defined and described as who one is and how one is most consistently in their life. I must point out that character, y'all, can only be defined through consistency because each of us has tendencies to do things that aren't always in line with our character, which then says to us that there is a difference between that which I sometimes do and who I actually am, a tendency is a momentary inclination in that your character is the core of you, who you are when you have no reason to put on for anybody else, who, who you are by yourself when the benediction is over, who you are when everybody's walked away. That's your character. And the sad reality is that oftentimes we experience injustice in judgment in life when we define people by their tendency and not by their character. Character, y'all, is something uh, that is simply unshakable. It's who you truly are, not your representation, not who you want people to believe you are, but who you are on the inside. In fact, y'all, I dare to venture and say that character is something that can be experienced but not seen. Take, for example, Jesus himself. Jesus was his name, but Christ was his character. Jesus had human tendencies and inclinations. You remember when Jesus felt the feeling of anger in the marketplace when he started turning over tables? He had a tendency to feel as we feel sometimes. Jesus even on the cross experienced the feeling of frustration when he questioned where his father was amidst all of his pain. But his character is what separated uh, his tendencies from who he was. It was his character that kept 
stopped him on the cross, which tells me that anger may be what he felt temporarily. It might have been an inclination, but who he was was Savior. He was God. He, he was who he was. He was a part of his father, and God still blessed him to complete his assignment. What I'm trying to say is that if God didn't reject Christ for his momentary inclination, I would venture to say that God's blessings to us is not based on what we do, but rather who we are. I can't hear nobody uh, right here. Understand, y'all? Jesus is his name. I'm going somewhere. Y'all bear with me. And Christ is his character. But what is the character of Christ? Christ was Savior. He was Messiah, King, Lord, Ruler, Healer, Deliverer, Lover, Friend, Big Brother, Son. His character is what kept him together when his tendencies wanted to get away from him. And what I have discovered is much like Jesus felt in his disposition, many of us, have gotten to a place where we have slighted ourselves or been slighted by others because we are looked at by our tendencies and not our character. But if Jesus is proof that your disposition can impact your emotions, then I would venture to say that some of us have become so hardened by life and its pain and its struggle and its heartache that we have allowed our natural defense mechanism to present itself to people rather than who we really are. In other words, we submit to people who we are inclined to be. We behave out of our inclination. Some of us have hidden who we really are because we try to act out of defense. Some of us have been so broken, so hurt, and so destroyed by life and some of the people in it that in order order to prevent ourselves from being hurt or experiencing hurt, we present these hard exteriors. We block people out. We have the I'll get you before you get me mentality. We shut people down. We don't trust and we don't have faith in restoration. We don't know how to forgive people. We don't live and give sacrificially because we naturally do what we are inclined to do, but that's not who we really are. And as I look around at the world today, y'all, I realize that there are too many people who are living beneath their purpose and too many people who are being hindered from their purpose in God and experience his best blessings because we present ourselves out of fear and hurt rather than who we really are. And I believe that God is calling us as people back to a place where our focus and our prayers become God heal me at the root of who I am. I don't want to live out of my hurt and my pain anymore but I want to experience the best that you have for me and so I got to get in tune with who you created me to be I don't want to live in fear and hurt and so it hinders me from living and giving sacrificially but God I want to be who you made me to be our prayers have to become God go down into the very pit of my heart and help me to dig up all of the issues that have prevented me from presenting myself to you as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God. Destroy every 
said, help me to live a life of freedom in you because I want to experience the best you have for me. And understand, people of God, that God's best only comes when we sacrifice what we are inclined to do to do what he desires us to do. Yeah, I have discovered that being who you truly are takes Holy Ghost boldness. It takes liberation. We didn't come out into the world mad, angry, and distrusting of everybody. Life was not intended to be lived under the thumb of hurt. If we were meant to live in hurt, God would have never sent us a healer. But the God that I know is still a heart fixer and a mind regulator living, y'all, in the character Christ created for us requires us to sacrifice. Sacrifice, y'all, is something that's all around us. It is the foundation and fundamental principle of Christianity. Sacrificial living and giving will cause God to bless you richly, but we must be willing to first let go of what we are inclined to do, to do what he created us to do, but we must experience and adopt Christ-like character that understands that sacrifice must be unconditional. I'm not going to ask you to talk to your neighbor yet, but I want you to holler back at me. Let the church shout unconditional. Uh, yeah, sacrifice, y'all. It must be unconditional. All I really want you to understand is that your sacrifices for God cannot be out of habit, but it must be out of heart because God God is not looking for your habit. He wants to know what's inside of your heart. God, I'm not giving up what I'm prone to do because I expect you to do something. I'm simply giving it up because I want to be more like Christ. If you never do anything else, God, I just want to be like you. If you don't ever bless me with anything else, I didn't follow you out of condition, but I followed you because you are Christ. I followed you because you sacrificed for me even knowing that sometimes I wouldn't sacrifice for you y'all. Understand that sacrificial living and giving and being is worship unto God. God honors your sacrifice. He loves to know that he means that much to you y'all. Sacrifice in church doesn't always mean just giving up your money. It's equally as much about how we live as it is how we give. Because if God first does it in our faith, then we can then do it in our finances. But uh, let's talk about the response of sacrificial living and good character. Here at the point of our text, we find the response of God to sacrificial living and giving. This woman who is acting out of good character and out of heart, she's not acting out of self-motivation but she is giving of unconditional intent and not selfish desire at the point of our text we find a woman who is described to us as being from the town of Shunem a woman who now is known to us as the Shunemite woman at the onset of the text the Shunemite woman meets the prophet Elisha who insists that he comes to her home for a meal she desires, y'all, to give out of her own resources. She is described in the 
Amplified Bible as an affluent woman, a woman who had much. And since she had much, she desired to then give much. And so she meets the prophet Elijah, who she only knows because of his frequent visits to the city. And she wants to give to him unconditionally. So the Bible says that every time he came to town, she would prepare a meal for him. And so in verse 8 of this very chapter, the Bible says that this woman says to her husband, I believe that this is a man of God. I perceive in my spirit that he is a holy man. So let us now make a small chamber on the rooftop for him. I'm going to put in a bed for him to lay his head, a table for him to sit at, a chair for him to sit in, and a lamp for him to see. In other words, she's saying, let's go out of our way to do this for the man of God. Not because we've been asked to do it, but because I want to sow into good ground because as I've notated to you, he is a man of God. In other words, she saying I'm going to pull out of what I have and I'm going to put it in to the man of God not because I'm looking for the man of God to do something not because he promised me a house or a car not because he gave me a tailor-made word but just because it is the character of Christ for me to give what I have to those around me so she gave y'all out of the goodness of her heart out of her character under the commission of God to serve his people. So the question now becomes how now does God respond to unconditional sacrifice? What does God do for us when we give unconditionally, y'all? There's a difference uh, between the sacrifice that I give out of contention uh, to that which I give out of obedience, y'all, to the commission of Christ to do for others as we do for ourselves, to see into good ground. How does God respond to my obedience to his principle of stewardship and sacrificial living and and giving to this form of godly worship. I'm not doing it grudgingly. I'm not doing it because I feel like I have to do it. I'm doing it because I want to do it. I'm doing it because it's my character to do it. I'm doing it because I want God to be pleased with who I am. What is the response of God to sacrificial living and giving well? In verse 13, y'all, Elisha calls for his assistant Gehazi. And he said to the Shunammite woman to go and ask her what it is that she needs. And so the Bible says that Gehazi went down and said to the woman, what can we do for you? This is powerful, y'all. Uh, Elisha, the man of God, who has now received the blessing from a woman of good character, tells his assistant, I want you to go down and ask her what it is that she needs. And so Gehazi, he goes down and says, listen, what can we do for you? Can we speak to the king on your behalf? She says, no, I'm good. I dwell among my own people. I got my own stuff. I don't need your stuff. And so Gehazi, then goes back to Elisha and Elisha says 
what is it that she needs? Gehazi says, listen, she didn't ask for anything, but I recognize, I notice that she has no child and her husband is of old age. And so the Bible says that Elijah the prophet, he calls her to him and he said to her, this time next year, you will have a son but the woman responds do not get my hopes up whatever you do don't lie to your handmaid meaning somewhere down within herself she didn't even believe that it was possible but she didn't say no to reject it she said no because she was afraid of getting her hopes up and it not happening meaning somewhere on the inside she had been hoping and wishing that it would happen at some point. And so despite her desire for it, she didn't give to the man of God expecting this in return. She gave because she believed that it was the character of Christ to do so. Have you ever known or been someone who gives because you want something back in return? At what point did God require you to give out of your resources for a word? At what point does he require of us to do something God has always been one who does for us even when we don't do it first and I don't know about you but I'm glad about it but here's the response of God when you give unconditionally she never asked for it but it came looking for her I'm coming to get somebody here's the response of God the first thing God will cause what you've been wanting to come find you even when you stop looking for it the reality is that oftentimes in life we give up on believing that things are possible we let go of our dreams and our goals and our desires because of failed attempts and we quit believing and somewhere on the inside we bury and suppress our desires. Some of us have allowed our hopes to die because we felt like what we wanted didn't happen when we wanted it to. But sometimes God will cause what you've been wanting to come find you as soon as you stop expecting it. God says what you may have forgotten, I have not. And the good thing is that your sacrifice is about to make room for your unrequested and suppressed desires to come and find you and I don't know who I'm talking to in here but I believe that there is somebody in this building who allowed your dreams to die because it didn't happen in your time but God says this is the season where I'm sending blessings to come find you that you forgot about I wish you would slap by with your neighbor and say neighbor God is causing blessings to come my way that I stop asking for the things that I bury the things I didn't think whatever happened God is causing it to find me in this season and I don't know about you but I wish I had some dream revivals in this building right now that said I've been waiting on it I've been wanting it and my seed is making room for me I can't stop giving now because if I give God will cause the windows of heaven to open up over my head and everything that I've been wanting and needing he will bring to my life won't you talk for me 
Come here, Shunammite woman. Did you ask for anything? No, I didn't ask for nothing, but I got everything because I seeded into the man of God. I didn't ask for anything, but God gave me everything because he saw my heart. I didn't ask for anything, but I got everything because he saw my character. Is there anybody in the who says my blessings are coming for me and I'm so glad about it. That's why the Bible says if you give, he'll give it back to you. Press down, shaking together, running over, back in good measure. Yeah, God is about to cause some blessings to come and knock at your doorstep. He's about to cause some blessings to show up on your desk. He's about to cause some blessings to come out of the most unexpected places. I heard the Lord say that in this season your blessings will be sweatless you won't even have to go looking for them but they're coming to find you I wish I had somebody you ought to touch three people around you and say sweatless blessing sweatless blessing I won't have to work for it I don't have to fight for it I don't have to fend for it but God is causing blessings to come and find me where I He's causing, he's causing my blessings to come look for me. Yeah, y'all, this, this Shunammite woman, she is an example, y'all, of unselfish sacrifice. She gave of herself and unto God because he, she knew that if she gave to God, he would be pleased with her heart. And this is the response of God. But not only did God cause her seed to cause blessings to run after her, but here's the second way God responds to unconditional sacrifice. So Elijah being the man of God operating in God says this time next year you will have a son. It's right here in verse 17. Elisha is the prophet. He can speak it but only God can produce it. And so we understand this is not the response of Elisha but this is in fact the response of God through Elijah and so the text says that she conceived and bore I wish I had a church this morning just, just touch somebody next to you and say she conceived and bore that, 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 that went over somebody's head I'm coming to get you watch this in other words because she gave up herself sacrificially not only did the blessings come knocking at her door but this is the second response of God she planted a seed and she did not expect anything in return but now not only does she have the attention of God on the request line but she now has a harvest that has been attached to her seed Here's the second thing. God will, in fact, cause your seed to produce for you. I wish I had a church that would receive it right here. Lay your hands on yourself and say, this is the season where my seed is producing for me. The Bible says that she conceived and then she bore. In other words, she not only gave a seed, she not only received a word, but God, in fact, caused that word to come to pass, there are some seeds that are planted that do not produce. But in this case, when you see without expectation, God will cause your seed to produce a harvest. She didn't even believe that a child was possible. 
possible, but oh, and oh, but because of her kindness, she has now been given a son that she wasn't even expecting but always wanted. When you learn how to give without expectation, God will cause everything that you touch to produce a harvest. I don't have enough believers in the house. Have you ever been in a place where you felt like you were trying to make everything work? You gave it your all. You put your heart into it. But for some reason, it just wasn't turning out how you wanted it to do. You were working so hard that you didn't give God any control. But the minute you start seeding into the ground that God has commanded you to seed into, the minute you start living sacrificially, God will cause everything you touch to produce a harvest. I wish that I had about 30 and a half of y'all in here who would believe that this is the year that you got the golden touch that everything you put your hand to it's got to work in your favor I wish I had a church who would receive the prophetic word of the Lord that everything you put your hand on is going to succeed and it's going to produce because you see it in a good ground do me a favor touch somebody beside you and sing neighbor be careful I'm the man with the golden touch because this year I declare that because the power of my seed and the backing of God everything I put my hand to it's got to perform in my favor I wish I had some people in here who said I've been trying for a long time but this is my year to succeed in every area or oh, my job in my home success is attached to my seed I wish I had somebody who would believe with me that this is your year that because I give out of the goodness of my heart in response to the command of Christ that God is about to do supernatural wonders in my life touch your neighbor and say neighbor God is opening supernatural windows and harvest is falling into my hands because I give without expectation because I give out of good character because I give as unto the Lord he's about to cause a harvest to fall into my hands everything around me got to upgrade because my seed is making room touch somebody and say neighbor my tea is bringing me a harvest I'm on my way out of here but let me tell you something not only did God cause the windows of heaven to open over her life not only did God give her a harvest but finally you gotta understand that when you see into the Lord he will make sure that you have a divine protection plan over your sea can I talk to somebody understand now that the Bible says that God gave her a son but somewhere around verse 18 the boy began to feel ill and the Bible says that eventually he 
was disappointed because the seed that she never asked for came into her life and then had a nerve to mess around and die. How crazy is it that I didn't even want it, but then you give it to me, then you take it away. How crazy is it that I didn't ask for it, but you gave it to me, and then you take it away. What kind of stuff is this? But can I tell you something? The woman didn't get discouraged. She did not curse God. She did not stop giving. She didn't stop going to church. She didn't quit paying the tithes. She didn't get an attitude with God. But she saddled up on her donkey and she went to where the man of God was. In other words, when things aren't working in your favor, that's not the time for you to run away from God. But when things go left, you better settle up and get to where God is. Can I tell you something? That when she was on her way to where Elijah was, the Bible says that he saw Is everything all right? This woman responded, everything is okay. How ironic is this? You know it's not all right. Your son is dead, but you refuse to tell Gehazi that something is wrong. There are two lessons. There are some things about your seed. You just can't say to everybody. There are some things about the position of your blessing. You can't talk to everybody about. But the second thing is that even when everything is not all right, I, I will declare that all is well. Even when it's going left, I'll declare it is well. So the the Bible says that when she got to Elijah, he then went and instructed Gehazi to run ahead, get to the boy, lay my staff on his face. But Gehazi listened to the instructions of the prophet. But the Bible says that there was no response. So he ran back, got Elijah. Elijah went to where the boy was. He shut the door because Elijah understood that every miracle does not deserve a cry. So he shut the door that it wasn't for everybody to see at the Bible. The Bible says that he laid his staff on the boy's face. Nothing happened and he's pacing back and forth. Nothing happened but he lays out on the ball. Mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. He stretched out on the sea and all of a sudden the boy's body became warm. Can I tell you that when you see into God the ground, God will, God will preserve your seed in my 
30 seconds and go to dancing like you lost your mind because you thought about a time you were sowing when you didn't have it. You were sowing when you were hurting. You were sowing when you didn't understand it. You were sowing when your bank account went right. But God is about to pay you back for everything you ever seen.
I'm not even giving because the pastor asks. I'm giving because I believe that it's the command of God. And I want to be found faithful in the eyes of God. I, I don't want God to reject my seed because of immaturity. Because there were times when I didn't have because I wasn't a good steward over what he given me. I wanted to go shopping. I wanted to do everything I wanted to do without giving to God first. God, I don't want you to reject me because I was immature over my seat. So now, God, I give to you ungrudgingly. I give to you unconditionally. I sacrifice what I'm prone to do, what I have a tendency to do to accept and adopt your will in my life. If this morning you believe that your seed is about to make room for you, I dare you one last time, just lift your hands, open up your mouth, and tell God, I receive it, I receive. I receive the blessing over my seed. I receive the blessing over my seed, over every sacrifice, in my giving and in my living. Every time I give up what I'm prone to do, to accept your will, God, I receive because I believe that you will honor my heart and my character. This morning, there may be one here who does not know this man who was able to turn that thing around for you. Maybe this morning, you've been prone to walk out of these doors every week without ever accepting the Lord Jesus in your heart. Today, God is saying you got to make a sacrifice. Give up what you're prone to do. Give up your tendencies and adopt the character of Christ. The character of Christ that causes you to know, understand, and believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life. This morning, if there is one here who has never taken the moment to accept the Lord Jesus. Hey again, it's me, Marissa Farrell. I hope that you have enjoyed your time listening to this podcast. I pray sincerely that you received everything that you need in order to live encouraged and to live inspired. By now, I hope that you've had the opportunity to hit that subscribe button for it is the best way to stay up to date with everything we have to offer. Until the next time that we speak, I pray that you walk in the favor of God on your life and be blessed in everything that you do. Talk to you guys soon. Love you.